we were watching that episode of Always Sunny about the serial defense. Right. In which Dennis is driving his car. He uh-huh. stops at a red light and eats cereal right. from a bowl, bowl yeah. of cereal. Frank rear ends him. Yeah. And you were on Frank's side saying, well, Frank shouldn't have to pay for the cleaning because it was upon Dennis because he was eating cereal and he shouldn't have been. Mm-hmm. And you still agree. Yeah. How? Why? Because he, it was something he was choosing to do knowing the risk. Okay. So you eat cereal. Mm-hmm. Can I just come and hit you from behind? No. You know the risk of, of having that bowl of cereal? Yeah, but I'm in a car and I'm driving and I'm eating something that's not really conducive to driving. Okay, so if you have a to-go coffee cup from Starbucks yeah. and you're driving and you yeah. have that in your hand, well, that, that's allowed? I wouldn't drive with it in my hand. Okay, what if it's in your cup holder? That's allowed? Yeah. And then I hit you with a car. Yeah. And the coffee goes everywhere. Yeah. Whose fault is that? Yours. Because I hit you? Yeah. You knew the risk when you got that coffee. Yeah, but I wasn't recklessly holding it while I was doing something where you're supposed to be focused and not. What if you're at a red light and you have a sip? Mm, I don't know. If you stop at a red light and you drink some of your Starbucks coffee, is mm-hmm. that allowed? Yeah. And then I hit you while you're taking a drink then and the coffee goes everywhere. Whose fault is that? Yours. What's the difference with the cereal? I don't know. I don't think I have a good enough like position on this to really. <laughs> <laughs> no, this was written down because you said you could win this argument. No, you said you could change my mind. Okay. Is your mind <laughs> changed? Yeah, I guess so. Really? That's it? Well, this I don't really have like a solid stance on. But you did so much so that I said, well, you know what? Save it. And this is going to be the intro to the podcast. Oh, by the way, um, this is I <laughs> oh, Love This. Podcast. You should too. My name is India Randawa. I believe if you are holding cereal and someone knocks it out of your hand, it is the knocker's fault. And with me is my co-host, Samantha Randawa, who believes it is uh, your fault if you took the risk upon eating cereal. Yes. I guess so. <laughs> well, let's have a nice podcast where we agree about everything. Okay. Uh, how <laughs> today's episode works, we're each going to have a spoiler-free thing of the fortnight. Thing of the fortnight. And then I'll let you know, and I'll figure out what we're watching for next week's Big Watch. Excellent. I'm excited to see what you pick after John Wick. Yeah, we'll get into that, but I picked two movies. I'm not sure which one. They are both going to be John Wick related. Okay. And then you're going to decide which of the two. Because I know this week you've said like, I don't know how I'm going to like take it. Am I going to go this way? Am I going to go I'm not going Keanu. Instead, I have two movies that have influenced John Wick. Okay. Two movies that I really like that if you like John Wick, you might like those as well. Okay. That's exciting. But before that, uh, let's do things of the fortnight. Awesome. Indy, do you want to go first? Oh, yeah. That's how it works. So my thing of the fortnight is the television series Dairy Girls. Oh. So this is a TV series. It's set in Northern Ireland, and it takes place between the years of 94 and 98. And it's kind of at the height. Oh, debatable if it's the height. But it's (laughs) during, um, do you know about the Troubles? No. I feel like I'm just going to gloss over that because if I start talking about uh, 
Irish history and UK politics will might be here for a long time. Right. I'm very opinionated on that, but as you know, I usually don't agree with England coming in and taking things. So yeah. that's where I fall on this that side of the troubles. But I also what's the opposite of racism? Because like with racists, you usually you meet one person from somewhere and you're like, ah, I didn't like that one person, so now I hate all of them. I only know three people from Ireland, mm-hmm. and I've loved each one of them. <laughs> They're the, the greatest people ever, so I'm the opposite of racist towards the Irish, and now I think they're all great. I okay. have such a small sample size. Reverse racism. Because, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but they've all been great, so I've always felt that I had a special affinity towards the Irish, and then there's a bunch of historical things, like I'm... Um, of Indian descent, and uh, you know the Irish and the Indians have a lot to agree on. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this show ran from 2018 to 2022. It took some time off during uh, those COVID years, but it did get a proper ending in 2022. Oh, so, really? And it was a, a very satisfactory ending is how i'll put it oh i'm happy with that because i feel like there are so many shows like great shows that got stopped during covid and just never picked up again yeah and there's like so many like cliffhanger endings of seasons where they're like we're so popular next season we're gonna have so much like budget and everything and then they just never got it it never came back and it is a little bit awkward because you can kind of see that they picked up uh, after a few years. So people have aged a yeah. little bit. One of them is working on another show. I think you probably know her because she was on Bridgerton. Yes. So she doesn't appear as regularly, which uh, is a shame. But I they did get that. to do a big kind of finale, an extra long episode that is uh, satisfactory, but oh, I won't fine. spoil anything. So this show follows a group of teenagers attending a Catholic school in the city of Derry. So there is Erin, who is the main character, and she is uh, very self-righteous and a teenager who thinks everything she's going through is the most important and the most dramatic. It's a classic teenager thing, yeah. Definitely. (laughs) There's uh, Orla, who I love, who's a real weirdo, and she's a lot of fun. Claire is the one who is always worrying and always trying to be the good girl. And Michelle is kind of the opposite. And she's just, she's a real dick, actually, Michelle. And they also have their friend James, who is Michelle's cousin. And he's an honorary dairy girl because he's (laughs) brought, and he goes to the all-girl school because he's English and he is living with them for a bit. And they fear being English that he'll get beat up at the boys' school. So they send him to the... So he's one of the dairy girls. Oh, that's funny. I didn't realize that he went to school with them. Yeah. I've seen like one episode of this show. Maybe half. half What did you think in that brief little time you saw? Um... I had a really hard time with the accents. Oh, right. Because <laughs> it's an array of accents. Yeah, that's and true. And then um, I just felt like... I was lost plot-wise, too. So between the accents and not knowing, like, who all these people were and, like, what the plot was or, like, what was happening, it made it a little confusing. There are parts that I didn't fully understand because some of the slang mm-hmm. I wasn't used to, but I'm, I think I'm kind of used to Irish accents, so it it didn't seem hard for me mm-hmm. to understand. I just didn't get some of the references. But then once you watch the show... And they say the same things. You're like, oh, I get what that means now out of context. And I think you can drop in wherever and be able to pick it up for the most part. There's not 
too much of it that's kind of serialized, but it is always better to start at the beginning and go right through. <laughs> and it's it's a comedy primarily, and it goes through what you'd expect with these characters. They're the challenges of adolescence, going to school, their family relationships, and all of this is going on in front of a backdrop of this ongoing political conflict. So in the background, there are like terrorist attacks and things like that going on. And it affects them in big ways and small ways. But because they are like 16-year-old girls, that's the perspective we get. We get them being inconvenienced because their backpacks have to be checked for bombs. Oh, and, interesting. And they're just like, oh, I'm going to be late. And right. that's because that's the world they're living in. And yeah. they're just kind of used to it. And sometimes you do get the bigger things, uh, which I won't give away, but sometimes something large happens mm-hmm. that is tied to that political climate. And that does affect people much more dramatically. Mm-hmm. But it's not a show about the troubles. It's not focusing on that right it is a slice of life of these girls who lived through that so it's about them and not the political turmoil but of course that is a part of their life but i just love that it's filtered through through the teenagers Mm -hmm. so every now and then it pops up but most of the time it's a background thing and they are more preoccupied with getting the right dress than, right. than what's going on. And sometimes the political stuff is what's the, the most important part. But it goes back and forth. And it's a good it's a good balance because nothing gets too heavy. Mm-hmm. And if you are interested in the political stuff, which I am, I think it's a really interesting point of view because it's not the textbook stuff. It's what was the li- your life actually like living through that. I like that, especially for like a teenager-based show because I feel like a lot of times shows try to do that where they have like a big thing happening um, and they try to make it so, so important to like a teenager character. And yeah, and I know like having coached teenagers and you've worked with teenagers, they they don't have as much like current awareness as TV show writers think they do. And if it's their day-to-day life, it's not going to seem like a big deal all the time. Like if I told someone, oh, I had to walk to school and it was 40 below out, and they might think, oh, that's a big thing. You're like, no, it's not. You just do that every day. That's just life. I agree that a lot of the times shows based on teenagers in an environment like this tend to get overwrought and they are being very philosophical Mm -hmm. and saying like, oh, one day we'll look back on this. And at one point, a character says like, oh, we're going to look back on this one day and tries to make like a movie and they just (laughs) kind of make fun of him the whole time. Right. But then... They we do get to see that movie as well, so it does dip into it a little bit here and there, mm-hmm. but it's not looking back on the politics of the time. It's looking back on this group of friends and what they were doing. Mm-hmm. So it always comes back to the group of friends, and I love it because these characters seem so well-drawn and diverse, and I always say that there are so few shows that have female friendships where they do not at some point fight over a boy. And this is a great example of that. You get to see female friendships, even though one of them is a boy. They always call him an, a dairy girl still. Right. <laughs> and the the girls in this, they are challenging de- gender norms and expectations and what it means to be a teenage girl on TV, because we don't often get a what I think is a true-to-life experience. And 
This was created by a woman named Lisa McGee, and I don't know much about her, but she is a writer and the creator of this, and I think it must be autobiographical because it's so true to life and it feels authentic and lived Mm -hmm. in. I believe each of these characters. Of course, they are heightened a little bit because it's a TV show, and if everyone's just worrying about tests and doing their (laughs) schoolwork. That's no fun. That's kind of boring, yeah. But there definitely seems to be an authenticity to not just this time and place, but also to these people. And I think that's what makes it so good. And that comes through in the music is really good. It's a lot of those 90s jams that Ah. I love. And if you like the Cranberries, good news. You're going to hear a lot of it in this show. (laughs) Because they were, of course, the biggest Irish band of the 90s. And the big events in their lives tend to correspond with these big events in Ireland's history. So they kind of have a a juxtaposition that way, which is really good. And then the director is someone named Michael Lennox, and it looks great. It's nothing that is uh, maybe going to make you comment on it and Mm -hmm. be like, oh, look how amazingly this is shot. But it fits everything because it just seems true and real and fun. Mm -hmm. And it has a great heart to it it has the comedy but it always comes back to the love of these friends for each other and that's kind of the anchoring force through the whole show so go check out dairy girls it has i think it's three seasons but it goes by real quick (laughs) it has a satisfying ending and it can be like a light watch but like things that i often love that are lighter shows like your parks and rec things like that it always comes back to the heart and the characters and this show has a lot of that so it's available on netflix go watch it it's very good (laughs) maybe i'll give it a try now I just kind of want to go watch it all over again. <laughs> we can watch it together. I am in. It's really good. Okay, perfect. All right, Sam, what's your thing of the fortnight? My thing of the fortnight is a book. <laughs> all right, go on. Does a woman go missing? Um, Sort of. Okay, let's hear it. Uh, so this is kind of a different book for me. Um, It's kind of like time traveling based, Ooh. sort of. So it's called The Girl in the Castle by James Patterson and Emily Raymond. And um, it centers around a teenager called Hannah. And um, you meet her in the current present time. And she's brought to a psychiatric facility. And she's told she's suffering from hallucinations and delusions. And um, then it really abruptly switched to uh, 1347, the year. Um, and you meet Hannah in her village and you realize that her whole village is going to starve to death unless they do something, um, and break into this, uh, rich baron's castle. And she concocts a plan and is, uh, kind of the mastermind behind, uh, breaking in. And then abruptly you switch back to the present and you realize that Hannah is locked in this institution and she's been there before and they knew who she is. And so you kind of see Hannah in two very different worlds and then slowly you realize what's going on. And I don't want to give it away because it was kind of like a big ending. Um, but you realize that um, she just needs someone to kind of believe in her and to like help her kind of piece out what's going on. So is the reader put in the position where they're not sure of 
is she an actual time traveler yeah. or is this someone who is insane? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So you kind of, and I found myself going back and forth um, and the like psychiatric facility that she's in, you can tell that they're like, oh, that's, that's just her. She's, she's crazy. Like, you know, and she's going to be in there her entire life. Like she's not like a rehabable case, it seems like. So, yeah, you kind of go back and forth of being like, okay, so no, she is, like, just imagining all of this. It's in her head. And then you read through, like, a chapter that's based in the 1300s, and you're like, but is she time traveling? Because it seems like she's very aware and capable in both worlds. So you kind of go back and forth, and you meet some of the people at the psychiatric center, and um, you kind of slowly begin to figure out what's going on with hannah interesting i like that premise Uh, there's a bunch of movies i like where it is someone who's institutionalized and they keep flipping between Mm -hmm. something and you're wondering if it's real or if it's not that's your i'm a cyborg but it's okay Mm -hmm. uh, 12 monkeys even remember that was all about that kind of thing too i don't think i've seen 12 monkeys i I haven't since it was in theaters but (laughs) i can't remember i think it was good yeah, who knows? It was so long ago. <laughs> um, yeah, so I would recommend it. Um, it's not like a true time traveling book. It just has that as a premise, which is not usually a book that I would choose, but I uh, like actually enjoyed it. Is it primarily a mystery? Um, yes. Because James Patterson is like a Mr. Mystery. mystery right? Yeah, guy, which right? is why I picked it as a book I wanted to read because I know I think I've read another one of his books and now I can't remember what it was but well, I think he writes one every three days <laughs> from being at the library and they're everywhere I yeah. have never read one and I just I don't I don't have much of a desire to mm-hmm. but people love them as soon as one comes out or people don't even know the titles. They're mm-hmm. like, oh, do you have the new James Patterson? I was like, oh, the new one from three weeks ago or the new one from five weeks ago? <laughs> it seems like they come out so quick. Yeah. I think it was just on like a list of things. Like if you like this book, you might like these five books. And they were correct. And they were correct. I really enjoyed it. It was different from what I usually listen to. Um, but I think I think it was uh, it was a good one. And who is the co-author? I I didn't recognize that name. Emily Raymond. I don't really know much about her. Um, she writes with James Patterson pretty regularly. Interesting. Um, her. I'm looking at her Goodreads profile, and yeah, it's uh, it's mostly books with uh James Patterson. I would hate that. <laughs> Writing a novel with a person. Oh yeah. No, I'm not a not a fan. Huh. For some reason, scripts I can write with someone, short stories, novels. I don't know. That's a one person thing, I think. But good for them to work it out. Yeah. Uh, so go read The Girl in the Castle by James Patterson and Emily Raymond. Maybe I will. <laughs> no, I, I probably no, won't. I was going to say, I feel I like. I have the... such a, I have 40 books in the queue already. Yeah. I'm almost done my Steinbecks. Oh. I think only two more. Whoa. What's yeah. after Steinbeck? I don't know. I think I'm going to do just some one-offs. I'm not going to do a deep dive into an author again. Mm-hmm. I'll do some one-offs. And I kind of just want to go back and reread all Murakami. I like being in those worlds. Yeah, I, I want to go back that. to them. It's called a comfort read. But the opposite. Because it's not like 
nice and sweet. It's a, there are these worlds where you're not sure what's real. And it's just, that's comforting to me. Yeah. It's less concrete. Well, everybody's good. comfort rate, I feel like, is something different. Yeah. So I feel like if you keep going back to it and you keep enjoying it and it's like... A world where reality is not concrete uh-huh. is comforting to me because then you're like, yeah, why does any of this matter? <laughs> I could just melt into a wall and never be seen from again. Yeah. That's the dream. That's my <laughs> retirement plan. That's your retirement plan? Just <laughs> yeah. to melt into a wall? Yeah. Oh, well, just let me know before you're going to do it. <laughs> okay, it's time. What are we watching next week? Okay, you're going to pick. It's down to two. Okay. How would you like to pick? The options are we can do left hand, right hand. Okay. Or we can do country of origin because neither are American or Canadian or British and neither are in English. I'm going to say left hand, right hand. We haven't done that for a while. Okay. The countries were (laughs) Korea and Hong Kong. Oh, okay. I got a stack of movies here. I'm not looking. Left hand or right hand. Okay. Um, Right hand. We are going to watch. From director Park Chan-wook. This is three movies, but we're only watching one. because I I was going to say, is there three DVDs in there? (laughs) I have the box set called The Vengeance Trilogy. Oh, that kind of looks like John Wick. John Wick takes a good bit from this (laughs) movie. And the one from The Vengeance Trilogy we're going to watch, I'm not sure which my favorite is, but easily, easily the most popular and the most influential is a movie called Old Boy. (laughs) Do you know about Old Boy? No. Have you heard about Old Boy? No. Not at all. No. Oh, okay. This was um <laughs> This is all new to me. Before Parasite, Old Boy was easily the most famous uh South Korean movie outside of Korea. Oh, I forgot about Parasite. That was a good movie. Yeah. Okay, Old Boy. So Park Chan Wook did direct a movie you hated. Okay. I'm a cyborg, but that's okay. Okay. So he did that. But he also did a lot of movies about revenge, uh, like this Vengeance trilogy I have here, which is comprised of Sympathy for Mr. Vengeance, mm-hmm. Lady Vengeance, Ooh. and Old Boy. Okay. And Old Boy, I'll, you know what? I'll give you a little pitch. Perfect. Old Boy is a South Korean film directed by Park Chan-wook and was released in 2003. The movie is a neo-noir thriller and explores themes of revenge, isolation, and the consequences of our actions. Mm-hmm. So pretty on par with John Wick so far. Yeah. Neo-noir, revenge, isolation, consequences of our actions. So it follows one man. And I'll just give you the setup for it and tell you pretty much nothing else after that. Okay. He is captured and imprisoned in kind of an apartment, essentially. Okay. But he can't, there's no windows, can't get out. And he's imprisoned for 15 years. Oh. No idea why, no contact with anyone else. Huh. He gets his food through the door. He, he tries to like talk to them, nothing. And after 15 years, he's released. Okay. No idea why. No idea why, why he was in there. He's just let out one day. Yeah. Oh. And then he tries to figure it out and takes some revenge. Oh. And it goes to some interesting places. I think the storytelling is pretty unique and pretty innovative. I like the action in this because there's one scene in particular that is very well known and not to the extent of John Wick, but it has some of that uh, kind of the visceral action that I was talking Mm -hmm. about. It's not 
I was going to say it's not heightened, but it is heightened, but it's not a movie right. style heightened. It's just, it's it's brutal a lot of the time, like John Wick Like is. John Wick, yeah. It has, a, it feels like it's grounded in reality, even if it is more heightened. Mm-hmm. It's not about somebody with a machine gun blowing through a wall. It's about someone with a claw hammer hitting someone in the face. Oh. Which is less scary in a real life if I would rather a guy with a hammer chase me than a guy with a machine gun. Yes. But when you're seeing it on screen, we expect the machine guns. We expect bazookas yeah. and helicopters. A hammer seems so much more terrifying That's in a place like brutal. that. brutal. You're yeah. right. Brutal's a good word for it. I don't know if I'm going to say anything more than that. I feel like that's a good place to leave it. I know like a little bit about it. Um, I'm, I'm, my interest is piqued. I'm, I'm and I think excited. if you are going to watch it and you haven't already, just go watch it. Mm-hmm. Don't look into it anymore. I think most of the trailers don't tell you anything. It just gives you little clips of here mm-hmm. and there. So you could probably watch one, but I don't think you need to. Uh it is available for rent at most places, but there's not many places I could find it streaming for free. But go check it out from your local library. <laughs> I know ours in Edmonton does have it. And we can always lend you our copy. Sure. I have a Blu-ray here from my little box set. And maybe <laughs> I'll go watch those other ones again because I haven't seen them in quite some time. Hmm. Interesting. Okay, well, I'm excited about this one. Oh, and there is an American remake. That is not what we are doing. We are doing the 2003 Korean film. Okay. So don't watch the American one with uh, James Brolin. James Brolin. Oh, okay. Is that his name, right? I think so. That's the son? I don't I don't remember. All right. Let's just say, you know, like Thanos. Oh, Thanos. Huh. Yeah. Okay. That guy. Yeah. For, you know, from Goonies. You know how Thanos was in Goonies? <laughs> <laughs> and the old boy remake? What a world. And also, he was Cable. He has two characters in Marvel. Hmm. Oh, it's not often that happens. Yeah. Huh. Uh, it is. Oh, actually, yeah, often, no, yeah. you're right. There are quite a few. They only have like six actors. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so it's not the one with Thanos. Okay. It's the other one. It's the one with the octopus. 2003. 2003. And it's in Korean. And everyone's Korean. So if you turn it on. Everyone's and, white. <laughs> and they're speaking English. It's not that one. Okay. Sounds good. <laughs> so in English, it is called Old Boy. And in Korean, it is called Old Boy. <laughs> old Boy is a Korean term. And I don't want to tell you what it means because it is kind of part of the plot. Okay. Perfect. And I think if you were Korean, you would know something a little more than the English speaking audience does going in. But I think it's better that you don't know it. Okay, excellent. So we're going to find out what Old Boy means next week. Yeah. <laughs> And why this man was locked in prison for 15 years. That's sad. Unless he deserved it. Maybe. But then I feel like he wouldn't need vengeance. Who knows? Uh. We're going to find out. Okay, see you next week.